Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Zite gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first class luxury meets world class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 247, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Monday, July 25th. Holy cow, Mm -hmm. 2022, which of course means it is 725. You know what time it is. I don't. It's a hot fudge Sunday day. (laughs) Hot fudge Sunday day? Yeah, hot fudge Sunday day. And it's also merry-go-round day. Ooh, I'm about to be on a merry-go-round on the Jersey Shore on the boards. Just uh, there you go. Scene of the crime where my friend and I, when we were, I think on mushrooms, went up there. Like it was like late season Jersey Shore, so it wasn't like packed with kids. But then we just like rode this merry-go-round and laughed at the top of our lungs, and people were scared. (laughs) Very strange. Now I can't look at that merry-go-round without thinking about that anyways uh <laughs> my name is jack o'brien aka jackie philly back again cooking up cooking a little scrapple thing <laughs> slice it thin cook it through not too burnt not too soft uh that is courtesy of mr lugubrious at mr underscore lugubrious miles of gray jack ob tdz Mm. Oh, the TDC family. Never skipped a beat. No. Nah. Nah. 
Woo. Never. I I never skipped a beat. It's crazy. No, never. Not, no, not, not me. Well, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Tuna ain't tuna, so what could it be? <laughs> Turtle sharks and all that shit within the sea. Okay, shout out Depeche Mode. People are people. Shout out St. Louis's DJ at DJ Uptown STL, representing the 314 to the fullest, I'd imagine. Isn't that the area code for 314? Yep, I believe it is. Anyway, uh, thank you for that. The tuna, a.k.a. is in you. Wait, they contain I mean, you. I have more. I have I have, I have a couple more that are going to so many blow more. your socks off, blow your Tevas off. Yeah. The Christy Yamaguchi main Ninja Turtles one was just off the oh, charts. Yeah. That one was Fantastic. good, too. Uh, St. Louis's DJ. I don't, I don't just, mean to... No this shade. Is, this has been activating people's creativity. So, I, I like I said, keep, keep bringing it. You know, I'd love to see it. There's just something about learning that you've been eating turtle your whole life, uh, assuming you ate the the tuna sandwich at Subway, which I think we all did, um, or have had tuna salad of of any stripe, right? Yeah, potentially, because it's, it's not just Subway. No, it's like anyone who's doing that way of, like, if it's not, like, pole and line cod, they're yeah. just being like, scoop out the sea, man, whatever's in there. You know, look, we'll try and get most of the shit out. Scoop but, out no the sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scoop out the sea. Scoop out uh, the sea. <laughs> yeah, just scooped out the sea, gave it a little uh, scoop, and, um, you know, it's gross. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a brilliant anti-racism educator, activist, writer, creator of the acclaimed podcast, White Homework. It's mm-hmm. Tori Williams Douglas. Hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad to see all of you again. This is so exciting. So good to have Always you back. I What's really I try to do I try to do like the Monday ones because like mm-hmm. I really like Monday because I'm weird. So I'm really happy to really? be here. Yeah, you really like you Monday? Anti Garfield. Yeah, I do. I really wait, like Monday. What is it about? Wait, please let me into your freaky world. <laughs> I should have put anti, the anti Garfield in your thing. I'm gonna that, just that, change I that. I mean, it, it's it's also that's also not wrong. Um, well, because it was like having like an office job. It's like you show up mm-hmm. on Monday, and you know you usually have like your Monday morning meeting or you know some like time waster. But for me. I was like, it gives me an opportunity to put everything on the calendar, like everything that I need to, like my whole to-do list, like any projects, like updating people. I just do all of that stuff first. So then I have a really good grasp on like what I need to get done, what I'm capable of getting done during the week. What's your least favorite day of the week? Friday. Mm, (laughs) I know, Friday. Uh, Right now, Thursday, because Thursday is when my kids go back to their dad's house. Oh, so I get just really sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. But like, do you get stressed out ahead of Monday, and then like Monday allows you to have that like ah, like get all the shit on oh, the calendar, or because that's what that's what happens with me is like I I build up my work week. I get a lot of stress on Sunday, like as the weekend is coming to a close, and then Monday comes and I'm actually able to like do something about it, and that that is a good feeling. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true i don't necessarily like sunday scaries isn't super a thing that i get oh, yeah but yeah, again same. like i'm i'm weird so i yeah. haven't gotten the sunday scary since to be honest i started this job working from home <laughs> no no like just oh, podcasting. Like, when i oh, okay. when i left conde nas to work with you know jack and anna like yeah, back in the yeah. stuff media or whatever it was called back then 
that's because I was like, oh, shit, I like what I do. Like uh-huh. a lot of the time when mm-hmm. I didn't like what I did or, you know, with Jack, he's got the weight of the whole network on his shoulders. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a little bit more <laughs> difficult, but I get like, the, yeah, I feel like I've because I've found that like place where I can I really enjoy what I do, which is very fortunate. I that since that doesn't quite happen. It's like, it all know. goes away when I record this show, though. So. Love, love, it love does. Oh my yeah. gosh! So much dopamine recording the show, you guys. Like yeah. that's a real thing. I, yeah. I've been thinking about that. I've been on enough to notice that that's a pattern. I do have to ask you how you feel about lasagna, because mm. if you this if you really love thing. Mondays, it, it should follow <laughs> that you. But I hate, hate lasagna. lasagna. Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite, but okay. you know, homemade lasagna can that. be can be <laughs> good. holds. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> all right, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things that we're talking about. We are bringing on super producer Trisha McCurgy to uh, tell us what is what what we can be taking from the pro-abortion activists in Latin America. And yeah, I'm excited. It's a great story. We're going to talk about America's toilet problem, all of that, plenty more. But first, Tori, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? So the other day I got a Katy Perry song stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And so I was like weirdly, I've spent the last couple of days like Googling Katy Perry, which is very odd. But what's but, she up to? Is that the sort of thing you're, you're well, cool okay. With? So, so, okay. So, like, I grew up evangelical, right? So I was only oh, yeah, allowed so to listen to Christian music. This. And so Katy also grew up evangelical, like, her parents are pastors and whatever. Right. And so, you know, when she was, well, I mean, we, we were like the same age. Yeah, when we were like 16, I think, or 17, she like went on tour with someone from like this really big Christian rock band. I know this is a contradiction in terms. And um, anyway, (laughs) really big and Christian rock. Is that the contradiction in terms? (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I like I like got to hang out with her for a little bit, like before the show started. So and I don't know why this all like came back to me but i got this song stuck in my head it was hot and cold and so i was like oh i should go back and like listen to that album like that still slaps Mm -hmm. and then i remembered one time i was driving we were i was on a road trip to la and it was like my turn to dj so i put on that album it's like her first big album her first album was like this little christian indie rock thing that you know she's always been fucking talented Mm -hmm. and so i like i put on her first ish album one of the boys and so the second song on there is i kissed a girl right and um so one of the people that was in the car was like this is making me really uncomfortable and so they turned it off and like put on a sermon (laughs) instead Uh Uh uh-huh yeah it was like it was it was really major whiplash it was like we need to listen to something edifying you guys like i don't Mm. feel comfortable with the gay agenda because we all know how gay Katy perry is right yeah (laughs) so gay um and anyway yeah so then i'm like i've just been like googling stuff about her and watching all of her music videos makes no sense but I've been having fun. And my yes. poor neighbors get to listen to me sing really loudly all day. 
I never really put it together that she then married Russell Brand, who isn't Russell Brand like one of those like, that's right, I don't believe in God, mate. Can you handle it? <laughs> like, yeah. isn't he like one of those like out and proud like atheists who like He's like into to... spirituality. Okay, maybe maybe I have him confused with Ricky Gervais. I think he Gervais. maybe is organized religion because I mean he had yeah. that like Christopher Hitchens if he was like a like a like a roadie for a rock band on heroin kind of like perspective. That's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought his thing was was that he was like Hitchens. He's just Gervais. so contrarian now. Like I can't even like listen. to oh anything yeah. he said. Yeah. No, no, um, yeah, yeah. I gave up yeah, on yeah. him a long but, yeah, time that ago. Does, but... That is the pendulum would swing that way. Right. Like if yeah, you're like, exactly. and this is my new husband. I don't I give kissed a, fuck a girl about and God I married guy. an atheist, motherfuckers. <laughs> what? I just like that the person you're in the car with is like, it's making me so uncomfortable the idea of a girl having agency and like doing stuff that she wants. Wants to do. Can we listen oh, to something man. about Adam and Eve and original sin being right? by the women? <laughs> that would yeah, help. Yeah, exactly. Me a lot <laughs> Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Oh. Yeah. That all Thank that you. all that yeah there was it was it God's was, mouth to your ears from God's yeah. mouth to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I kissed God. I think I liked it. <laughs> would that uh, song? Wait, yeah. do you think that song would be more offensive to that person if it was I kissed a girl versus I kissed God and I liked it? Right, like the kids bop Christian version of the song. I, kissed, like, I kissed God. God. And I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. His whiskers were a little bit much, but it was still okay. My sordid soul, he saved it. Like <laughs> nice, nice. This is excellent. Dude, they must have that, right? Christian Christian Bop. Basically. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's all kinds of covers of of secular quote unquote songs that get turned into like Christian songs. I was listening to somebody I was at a bar, like op- outside at a bar. No COVID for me, please. And um, the per- like, there was some live music and the person started playing this cover of Love Song by The Cure. And I was like, how come nobody has turned this into a worship song? Like, this is, this is like <laughs> straight up a worship song. Like, right. what is happening right now? Because at first, my buddy, Rhea, she was like, this is, I'm so uncomfortable. The lyrics of this song, like this person is a stalker. And I was like, no, it's about Jesus. It's fine. You surround yourself with people who are very disturbed by music. <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> I guess that's true. This is also a pattern. God fearing Al Yankovic. Is that is that, is there something God feared Al Yankovic? Oh, uh, anyway. there's so many bad. There's so many, so many bad ones. There's so mm. many bad ones. Yeah, but that wasn't bad. That was really good. The thing I said. So. Well, yeah, but it's then it's like an imitation of right. Like there's all these Christians right, who are trying right. to like imitate yeah, yeah, yeah. weird Xerox Al. Xerox of a just... Xerox of a Xerox. <laughs> Great clarity. Great clarity yes. in that. Tori, what is something you think is underrated? I think right now because heat wave stuff. I think that I think that green spaces are really underrated. Yeah. Mm. Because trees offer so much like protection from the shade. And I mean, obviously, as we know, I think we may have talked about this last time I was on, but like poorer neighborhoods are warmer because there's more like concrete and asphalt and fewer trees. Highly urbanized trees and like less grass and plants help absorb some of that heat, whereas the street, the sidewalk just collects it. And that makes me really sad. So yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to like agitate for more trees and more green space and less systemic racism <laughs> built into our cities. 
right? I mean, it's like one of the reasons why they're always like, how come people in the hood don't play soccer? And it's all basketball. It's like, because that requires green space, which right. is actively not a thing that's prioritized in like, you know, the inner city. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like I was that that's like the one the one place if you're in a like a hot city and like you're not going to be inside is like, dude, get to the widest fucking space with shade because that's it's like 15 degrees cooler. Yeah. yeah. I also saw a, a recent movement that was just like somebody on Instagram, but and I, I I haven't done a lot of in-depth research on it, but it's basically like replacing just lawns or just like any, anything that's just like a grass field, which once you kind of hear it and start looking around a suburb, you see that like there suburbs are just like filled with all these lawns that are unused and like really unuseful for any reason. And like replacing those with like green spaces that are planted out with like fruit trees and like, you know, things that can give shade and have a purpose, you know, like there's just like so much land that's like, nope, we got to just make it flat so that the cops can see everyone. (laughs) Keep your hands where we can see them, folks. I think like lawns are such such a great example, though, because they're they're entirely about waste. Like there's nothing productive about them. It's just right. like a show Vanity. of affluence, essentially. Yes. Because you're not, yeah, you're not growing anything productive. You're wasting a ton of water in most places because most places like grass that people like for their yards isn't isn't like a naturally occurring native plant, right? Right. So yeah, it's like it's just the epitome of excess and yeah conspicuous consumption and we just we just we don't have time for that anymore right like the planet's getting hot you don't get to water your lawn i'm sorry yeah i was just walking around in pasadena with my wife and we were like everything is like brown except these like huge patches that were just like massive lush green things when you're like that's a golf course that's a golf course that's it so that's the other thing we need to we need to invade and take down nationalize the golf courses golf courses Mm -hmm. yeah just nationalize federalize those are parks yeah those are parks now assholes go fuck yourselves and we are paying for them with our tax dollars because they Mm, get tax breaks and they get all the water yeah, like they and have they first dibs on the water, water which yeah. is really like like cities that are about to hit. I think they call it day zero, but like zero yeah. water essentially. Yeah. Mexico City and Cape Town, South Africa, I believe, are two of like yeah. the ones that are most at risk. But yeah, it's like poor people get penalized for using more water than they're allowed. Yeah. But oh, then yeah. like yeah. the golf course is still green. Your city will let you die of thirst before they let the golf courses go brown. Go brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that may be the best way to get people like people on the same page, like across classes to be like, just direct your like proletarian anger at a golf course to be yeah. like, just Let's like as the it, first man. step, you know, it's like knock that domino down. And that may lead to the, you know, the the kinds of changes we need. But I feel like if you can normalize people like being like, fuck a golf fuck course, golf courses. And Fuck it's going to be it stands for. also the hardest fight like you could possibly pick because when when you go to those places, it's like all of the people who make decisions in the entire city are are just hanging out there like all day long, all day. Right. Yeah, like it's just so freaked out. They see a, yeah, they see a bunch of poor people like fucking like hanging out. They're like, what the fuck, dude? We need more yeah. cops at the golf courses. Yeah. But that that is what needs to happen. I'm not sure how we get there, but that needs to happen. 
you talk about this all the time, especially after that Malcolm Gladwell podcast episode that's like sort of brought. I know. So this is the it. thing is like, it's so hard because the first time I like heard this idea was in a Malcolm Gladwell podcast. He didn't come up with the idea, but I'm <laughs> no, like, no, yeah, no, fuck. The introduction it's such a good idea, concept. but it is Malcolm Gladwell, but it's such a good idea. So I want to it. be, I want to be in a, like, turn our golf courses into parks. Cause that's the thing I'm always jealous of when I go to a place with a great park system. I'm like, yeah, fuck, man, look at the fuck. Like these people can just go eat a sandwich on this fucking in the yeah. shade here. Yeah. You can uh, go have your little golf course. We'll give you like some like fake turf out in the desert where you can go play your golf games. Yeah. But yeah, they will kill us before they allow us to do this. But. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. You, yeah. Right. They're like it's actually the hard. It's the hardest target to go yeah. after. No, we will straight course. up go to war with you <laughs> before we let you take our golf course. Well, they're all yeah. like, but my property values. You yeah. know, it, oh, it's exactly. like I have a right to my assets appreciating. Is a thing that people who own homes here think. It's like mm -hmm. L.A. might be up. the best place for it because L.A. is like moving left and like young people in L.A. are voting. And so oh, we might okay. we might yeah, be able to off. pull it off. Yeah. Here. Fuck the golf courses, bro. Fuck the golf courses. Fuck your golf course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is something you think is overrated, Tori? Um, lately, the thing that I have been thinking about a lot that is overrated is like losing weight. Mm. Just general like fat phobia, like diets mm -hmm. don't work. And I think that more people need to be talking about the fact that diets don't work like long term. It's sort of yeah. like punishment, like punishing your dog, punishing your kid, like short term, you, you're going to get the results you want, like immediate results you want. But long term, it's going to backfire. And so, yeah, that's just kind of the thing that I've been thinking about a lot mm. lately is it's like we We've, we conflate like people's weight and their moral character. <laughs> right, right, right. It's right. like, uh, well, you're just, you're just lazy. You're not working hard right. enough. Well, or, you did that to you yourself. Know, right, like exactly, like exactly. It's self-inflicted. And that's, I right. mean, that's how we view all of health in the United States, yeah. right? Is it's like, then we, well, that way you don't have you to help do? anybody. Uh -huh. if, you treat, right. if you treat that's everybody right. like their body's a car that they're just like getting in wrecks with. They're like, yeah, I mean, that's on the driver, honestly. Like we have yeah. no responsibility to this human being at all. because they Right, right. It's like everybody is born into the world just naturally 100% healthy. And if you don't sit on your couch, yeah. you'll stay that way. It's like, well, the only lettuce I can access is the shit on a Big Mac. Right. Where I right. live. So totally. what, what am I supposed to do? And yeah, it, it's, it is... I think the thing with diets, too, is like you're to your point, like they're not sustainable, you know, like mm -mm. if you're I think the biggest thing is the pendulum will always swing back the other way. And I think, yeah, really, just if you're eating healthily and you can have moderation, I mean, like, that's the only thing that's been sustainable for me as like I get older and I'm more aware of things rather than be like, I got to cut everything out. I'm like, let me cut one thing out at a time and see if mm -hmm. I can just build on that. And that yeah. over the long term has been helpful for me as I try to eat less beef. I have yeah, a friend who's same. always doing the uh, food, the like meal kit service things, which are crazy expensive. But they just <laughs> told me about one where like they don't even list the calories and they're just like, that's not what we do. Basically, it mm. is like that. That's not a helpful way to think about food, essentially, which I think is interesting. It's like not the amount of calories, it's just like the ingredients being yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, eat a lot of healthful food. Don't, like, exactly. calorie count 
while you're eating healthful food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me, I like to just starve myself and then go for a couple Baja blasts for it to get me going for the day. Every single time I'm on here, Baja blast, man, hey, always comes right. up. That's right. <laughs> Wait till you see Jax's tax return. I'm drinking coffee out of a Baja blast colored mug. <laughs> I said Jax's right now, like Smeagol. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just, I just, you know, and, and like, I, I'm so angry about all of this stuff about like, obesity and like comorbidity with covid deaths and, mm-hmm. and it's like this is that's not how that works like right i mean yeah and like fat folks aren't like their doctors don't listen to them mm-hmm. so they're right. just like less likely to go to the doctor cuz it's like you come in with any ailment but if it's if you're overweight which is just like it's normal weight right they're like well you know it's probably nothing. We're not going to run any tests because you need to lose weight first. And like everything about this is just disgusting and gross to me. Right. So yeah. yeah, dieting is over. And the stuff that's not normal is systemic, systemically the result of a country that lets corporations put whatever the fuck they want in the food that's going to make it sell better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, again, not, it's not individualism. It's not somebody's moral character failing them it is the The environment they're in yeah the environment that we've we've been allowed to grow up in hey but titanium dioxide though huh (laughs) (laughs) no don't drink mountain dew it's really it's really bad it's really bad for you one one a week maybe yeah moderation there we go yeah for for you guys for me i can handle it actually (laughs) like i'm not like like hooked on it so I'm like, not hooked. I could quit. So it's time. actually good. Like I have a system. <laughs> oh God, that's <laughs> fucking beware that. Fr- I got a, no, yeah. I got a system. Yeah. No, you have a way weird way of rationalizing shit. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. Zite gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it you know like a literal POS? Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Connect with customers inline and online. Look, you want to use TikTok? Well, guess what? They have plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system. Or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Now, I was looking at Shopify.com, and I'm trying to get some answers. Let's say, uh, you know, how to bustling retail business. And I need, you know, maybe uh, some hardware to be able to sell my wares on the street, take credit card payments, whatever. And I know Shopify is easy to use. Half the time I buy something online, I'm like, oh, yep, they're using Shopify. And if you need to learn more, check out their website. It's super easy to navigate, whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or, again, looking for hardware to make sales easier, Shopify.com has all of that. Just go there. Check it out. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash TDZ, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. 
obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit tomboyx.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Cause Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And... Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees, no really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. And we're back. And a thing we talk about a lot on this show is our need to grow our, you know, especially in the U.S., our imagination for how things can be different and also just like understand what can be done other than just, you know, sit back and diagnose the problem, which is what I like to do. Just point my finger and be like, that is bad. Here's why. Moving on. But there are other countries where people are no, actually doing Wait, other shit. countries? There are other countries besides the United States. Okay. This is crazy. Fake. Have you, have you yes. seen this? Have you heard about this? Yeah. Never. I thought my mom was lying when she said she's from some place called Japan. So we are bringing in the first TDZ correspondent, Trisha McCurgie, super producer, to come on and tell us a little bit about some of these stories, some of these things that are being done. I feel like that's kind of turning into your beat a little bit yeah. in these first couple stories. I think so. But Trisha, thank you so much for joining us. And the the story this week is about why the Congress people, AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, were wearing green bandanas when they were arrested in front of the Supreme Court. Yes, that is right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so the story today is... About exactly that, Jack. Um, so if you've seen videos of the members of Congress who are protesting for abortion in front of the Supreme Court earlier this week, several of them were arrested and that led to a lot of discussion. But you might have noticed one thing, which is that several people in that protest and several of the members of Congress themselves were wearing green bandanas um, around their necks, on their clothing, on their bags. So... I saw these videos, and maybe you did too, and we're wondering, 
well, what do these green bandanas mean? I mean, in my head, I was thinking this isn't really the color that I would associate with women's rights or the movement for abortion. So I looked into it a little bit and I actually found out that this green bandana is both an homage and a continuation of a movement in Latin America that activists launched to fight for abortion rights. And it's quite an inspiring movement. I think what I learned from reading about this was just that we have a lot to learn from other countries if those exist and aren't just some scam they've been telling us about. Yeah, I think I, we're still <laughs> looking into that. And maybe that can be your next story is like <laughs> yeah. trying to fact check whether other countries actually exist. But right, I'll go yeah. to the ends of the earth. <laughs> I do feel like we are spending a lot of time on the show lately, uh, or not a lot, but you know, sometime just pointing out that like Latin American nations are really like making progress, moving leftward while we are falling off the mountain to the right at a rapid pace. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So in terms of abortion, they have been making a lot more progress than us um, mm -hmm. while we have been going backwards. So in these Latin American countries, there's a movement called La Marea Verde, which is Spanish for the green wave or the green tide. And it's a movement that's been going on for a while now, years even more than a decade. And it has been so incredibly successful in legalizing or decriminalizing abortion in several of these countries. So it's important to remember, because in the U.S., we think of the fact that a lot of the country is religious and Christian, and that makes them more conservative in terms of abortion. But in Latin America, the, several of these countries are majority Catholic. Whoa. In Argentina, yeah, in Argentina, the I'm Catholic, so I can say that. <laughs> Wolf. Pope was... I can say that because I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Pope was born in Argentina, so that is an indication of, you know, the religious leanings of those of these countries. But abortion has been legalized or decriminalized significantly in Latin America in the last two-ish years. So mm -hmm. in early 2021, Argentina legalized abortion up to 14 weeks. In September 2021, Mexico decriminalized abortion. And in yeah. February of this year alone, Colombia legalized abortion on demand and without restrictions up to the 24th week of pregnancy. So these are the three largest countries in Latin America, and abortion is decriminalized in all of them, whereas in states in the U.S., we don't have that. That's pretty wild. Like that. Yeah. Like you said, that they've come a long way very quickly. Yeah. But exactly. it wasn't overnight. It mm. wasn't overnight at all. And so actually the origins of the screen wave, it starts back in 90, 1977 in Argentina. This was when the dirty war was happening and essentially the military junta was disappearing a lot of young men and women and their mothers were very distressed, so they took to the streets in front of government buildings, and they were protesting and marching. And during these protests and marches, they wore these headscarves, which were made out of the cloth that they would use for diapers. And they were white, and it became a symbol of their resistance. So many years later, Argentinian abortion activists wondered how they could kind of pay tribute to the Madres de Plaza de Mayo, which is the name of this group of mothers. And they thought they didn't want to use the same exact color 
So they nixed white. They didn't want to use purple, which was the color of a lot of other women's movements in Latin America. And they chose green. And I think it was an interesting color choice because mm -hmm. it symbolizes life and growth mm -hmm. and nurturing. Um, and so it's kind of a direct counter statement to the, the statement pro-life, which is saying the only way you can be pro-life is to be against abortion. Mm -hmm. So they ordered a bunch of these green bandanas and then started distributing them at these protests. And eventually people really took it up as a symbol and started just tying it to their backpacks, their clothes, their hair, such that when you walked out into the street, you would just see it everywhere in schools in supermarkets in homes and workplaces. And it became a pretty constant topic of conversation, which I wouldn't really say we have in the U.S., at least in my experience. So that was one day, one way that they just brought it to front of mind for everyone. And in fact, they ran out of green fabric because so many people were wearing it. So wow. they literally had to cross the border from Argentina into Bolivia to source any green fabric. And by the way, the the original, like that original, you know, movement against the military death squads, those military death squads were part of Operation Condor, brought to you mm -hmm. by the United States in an attempt to uh, tamp down communism, in quotes. So, like, this is all... It, hopefully we're able to use this to springboard and, you know, that tends to be how the U.S. fucks up is like they, like, of their own making, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And Everything. So, yeah. Just, it, it's interesting to note that, like, this is something that actually start, was started by the CIA indirectly. Right. Yeah, it's all really a big struggle against U.S. state-sanctioned <laughs> right. violence. Yeah. No matter where you look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... This is how the Green Wave started, but it just grew to something that was so much more. It was an incredibly dynamic and inclusive movement. And so it involved people protesting essentially constantly, like mm -hmm. every single week for mm -hmm. two years. Um, and even in a lot of the big protests in U.S. history, we don't see that kind of consistency for that long. Mm -hmm. um, millions. I didn't of people even know that was an option. Basically, I was like, wait, right. every week. But that's <laughs> right. it's that's like, not how protests work. Well, when will when will move on dot org tell me where to go and when? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's pretty incredible to think about doing that and not getting discouraged. So I, I thought that was incredibly admirable. But in addition to the protest, it involved constant legal action, lawsuits mm. and demands for legislators to act it involved a lot of storytelling of allowing people who have had abortions to just talk about their experiences everywhere mm, and all the yeah, time. Yeah. And it was a very inclusive grassroots movement. And I think because of all those factors, after many, many years, it finally succeeded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So looking at this, right, because I think like even for me, I'm like, wow, they're using the momentum of the people, you know, like mourning the Los Desaparecidos, like the disappeared people in Argentina mm -hmm. to 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 keep that outrage to still to maintain that and evolve it into like another mass movement shows that there's a extremely long timeline to something like this. So I guess, you know, in, in reading about this and and thank you so much for like telling us of like these details and the history of it, what are the 
what do we what what can we take away from our U.S. mindset? We go like, what are they doing in other places, and what, <laughs> what you know, what can we glean from that? Yeah, right. So, what can we learn? I think there are quite a lot of things. First, just as we were talking about before, it is a marathon, not a sprint. It's not as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned, we go and protest for a week or two and then give up. It's not that. It's just a constant push, both in terms of protesting, in terms of legal battles, in terms of pushing our elected representatives to do more. Uh, in terms of storytelling, in terms of forming networks, just it has to be on all fronts. Which is tough in the U.S. because people need to, like, there is a literal, like, work or starve or your kids will starve in many cases uh, mm -hmm. situation so mm -hmm. like that that's something like we, we need mutual aid funds and stuff to we we need some infrastructure built out to to make that sort of thing possible but there there are solutions but that i do think like that that was an interesting revelation to me was somebody pointing out that like oh there's the u.s has a very paltry like protest history because everybody's working constantly all the time. And the one time when we were able to not work constantly, we saw like a large protest movement around like Black Lives Matter and George Floyd's death. And and then be, because people weren't working as much because of the pandemic. So mm -hmm. that is like so a, a problem we need to solve, but there are people who are solving it. And there's so much money being donated to places like Planned Parenthood and stuff where when maybe it could be donated to some mutual aid funds that make it possible for people to protest more or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's another thing. Just we can learn a lot in terms of inclusivity. Mm -hmm. The Green Wave in Latin America, It, I mean, I think no movement is perfect, but there is some emphasis on centering the voices of indigenous people and Afro-Latinx people. Whereas in the U.S., a lot of our movement has kind of put aside marginalized groups. We need to make sure that people who perhaps can't go out in the streets and protest because maybe they just are working multiple jobs and are busy or maybe they have kids to take care of, like their voices still need to be put at the forefront. And along with that, in the U.S., the, the movement for abortion rights has been pretty exclusive and discriminatory in the past. I mean... Even if you think about Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger's role in that and her belief in eugenics. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of incredible activism from Black women um, who have founded the movement for reproductive justice. And they're often not acknowledged. So I would say read about them if you're at all interested. But along with that, we need to just focus on how abortion specifically affects people who are low income lack secure housing or are affected by the prison industrial complex and just create a new free, uh, framework that does address these things. Yeah. And in addition to that, just like you said, Jack, I mean, we have to get out of the big organizations. The Green Wave was a lot of small organizations and individuals coming together, whereas in the U.S. we really rely heavily on Planned Parenthood and the Center for Reproductive Rights, which are these big organizations that really form corporate structures in their own ways. So that can also be harmful to a grassroots movement. Yeah, I heard a really good question recently where someone was like, also, like, Planned Parenthood, when the Roe decision or opinion leaked, Planned Parenthood like got a massive influx in donations and 
it like and then when like they seem to be caught flat-footed as well as the Biden administration like there there wasn't like an immediate plan of action that was at least evident to a lot of people it just felt like a lot of the institutions that we were counting on being there and like have having been working on this shit after the leaked decision between the leaked decision and the actual like ruling didn't have a thing that was like thrown into action so like that that's another reason that i've i've heard people be kind of skeptical about planned parenthood as well i think that like nobody took it seriously right Mm -hmm. like they've been saying that they were going to do this for 50 years at this point and everyone was like okay cool like enjoy right and you know, I think that, uh, like, being cognizant of the fact that, like, a lot of the push against, not all of it, obviously, a lot of that is also corporate and, like, dark money and whatever, but, like, a lot of a lot of the push against Roe, like, in terms of getting abortion banned was done at, like, a community level, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those folks have something of an advantage, I would say, because they go to church, so they see each other every single week, a couple times right, a week yeah, anyway. They, yeah, they're right? organizing weekly. Yeah, they're 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 sixty percent of the way there already, right? Just right. because they're seeing each other, they have a place to gather. It's consistent. They're constantly in communication with one another, and so you know, I think that we Planned Parenthood, the Biden administration, no nobody was nobody was taking this seriously. Yeah, and I think that also like part of part of like the failure of of communication, I guess in in terms of abortion access is that it's like if you don't have a right to bodily autonomy you have no rights like all you have is privileges and that wasn't really communicated you know like as i you know because i i was raised by a pro-life activist as i've talked about on here before and like the like when i when i slowly kind of moved out of that space and was like oh this is no this isn't cool like you can't force someone to like make a child yeah, that's not okay. There still wasn't much language around like abortion access is like the most basic of human rights. So if you can take that away from people, you can control like half the population. Yeah. And so, I mean, there was a reason that they went for that, right? There was a reason that they targeted Roe specifically. And it was because they know that when you can take people's agency away, you can kind of do whatever. Right. Exactly. exactly. Right. And there's like another part to what you're saying, too, is like as Americans, people are so reliant on these like outsized organizations or the Mm -hmm. idea of like the like the political like the politicians will save us or the president will save us or Planned Parenthood will save us that we sort of uh, outsource like our ability to defend ourselves to these like just large behemoth things or abstract groups of people when but don't really, know we exist. Exactly. Yeah. We're outside. We're outsourcing it to people who don't have their head in the game. And to yeah. your point, Trisha, like the people who are taking it seriously are not the ones that are getting the support. And I think that's a huge shift that I think a lot of American people need to make is a. Yeah, it's bad. B. We can't rely like the people we used to rely on have proven that like in the way this system is set up, we can't rely on them to protect to protect us. And where has it worked? It's when people get together on their own and acknowledge 
yeah, we're up against it, but we can acknowledge that together there is a path forward, but it takes a lot of people to first abandon this idea that it's like, well, maybe I can just give my money to this mm. thing and not do anything. Yeah. And it's, it can't, it can't be passive. Like don't like donating is great, but it's like any, any sort of systemic change we're seeking, whether that be with body autonomy or rights for LGBTQ people or, you know, the over policing that we're experiencing. We can't just do the, well, I gave my money to that group who they seem angry enough about it that they can change it. It's like, no, like we, every single person has to turn on like, and say, yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I realize too, like what I want is something that I have to begin communicating to other people as well and finding like-minded people to say, this is the bare minimum that I feel yeah. like we need to advocate for, for people and be mm -hmm. active in that or be vocal mm -hmm. about that because the age of like donating to act blue and shit right fuck what yeah. look look where we're at it got us fucking right here yeah we need to build community too like right. tori's point about them working from a base of like church and you know that being a thing that you're meeting regularly like that's that's also huge in the addiction recovery community like that you know you have you have to build community you have to find people who are working on the same thing as you mm -hmm. um and there's just like that that doesn't just form overnight again to trisha's point about it being a a marathon not a sprint but yeah. like it oh. and i also feel like we can't be so hard on ourselves for like why aren't i doing more about this like well there's not a thing to do like that's what we need to like build the thing to do like the yeah. meetings to go to the secular church to like right. go to on a weekly basis where you can you know, find the people to build your movement with. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And to Miles's point as well, like donating to Planned Parenthood, I think there's, you know, that money has much less of an effect than donating to a mutual aid organization or a people organized fund. Um, mm -hmm. Where I live in New York, abortions through Planned Parenthood cost upwards of $500 which is like, who the fuck mm. can afford that? Especially right, right. if you just can't afford to have a kid, right. perhaps, if that's your reason. So, yeah, whereas a lot of mutual aid funds will help you get medication for abortions. And, I mean, that's just another thing that, you know, going back to the Green Wave, something that they prioritized was self-managed abortions instead of working outside these big clinics, Um in Mexico, I mean, this is a whole other story. It's it's fascinating. But one of the medications that you can use to induce an abortion, you can get it over the counter for stomach ulcers and other medical conditions. So when the law prohibits abortions, you know, people can try to work together to find ways around it. And of course, that's not medical advice. I mean, a lot right. of it is unsafe, but that's just something that the state forces us into doing unfortunately. Right. And then I think just the very last thing is that abortion is healthcare. We've heard that slogan over and over and over again at protests. And I think we can't forget that public healthcare and universal healthcare is also essential to this fight for abortion. In Mexico, actually, because healthcare is public, women who go to clinics to seek abortion can also access other services and counseling. They can get away from domestic violence at home, they can get birth control or their partners can get vasectomies. So the fact that public health care is also there and they don't have to worry about paying exorbitant amounts every time you visit a clinic also really helps. 
so yeah, those are just a few things. I think as a movement in the U.S., we need to pay more attention to activists in the rest of the world. There's been the question brought up of, oh, is this cultural appropriation to wear these green bandanas? Are we parading all their hard work as our own? And activists have said, and here's a quote, that we're here to push back and loudly state that political solidarity is not theft. This fight is not ours alone. Um, So they are inviting collaboration. They're offering help because we're just in a position where we desperately, desperately need help. And we we shouldn't let ourselves be isolated just as the government has really wanted us to be throughout all of history to make us feel this sense of American superiority, make us feel like we're better than these other countries and we should look down on them. That yeah. is just not the way to go right now. Like we really need Take all the, the help, help we can get. Take the fucking help. That's that's yeah. good advice in general in life and like especially in this where the United States is people not yet. You don't ask somebody, hey, man, you are right over there if you (laughs) if you don't need help. Right. You know, that's like, no, 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 no. We're good. We're good. No, we are. Yes, please. We're not worried about you stealing from us. Trust me. (laughs) Y'all need everything. We're we're trying to help you. But yeah, the U.S. has a hard time getting their brain around anything. (laughs) And Americans in general, we just. It's like yeah. our pathology to not acknowledge that we need help in any capacity, whether that's personally yeah. or collectively. Like it, we're we're built on bootstraps. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there's yeah. ain't nothing wrong with anything. Okay, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, and that's who we are. We're like laughing in the middle of a, a burning down house and insisting that it's okay. And I think the difficulty that we, you know, most people have to arise to is that, like, yeah, it is very uncomfortable, but also you can accept that and you know, use that to steal yourself and prepare yourself to say, there is something I can do. And it's not just about giving money to the right people. It's about being more conscious of what's going on, educating myself and encouraging others around me to do that. And to, again, look into mutual aid groups, because if they're organizing in churches, you might as well participate in a mutual aid group where you can be around like-minded people who also understand the stakes are very high for people and you want to help. And it's not like it doesn't have to. It's not like you're going to some battle or something. You're just saying, hey, I have skills. I have maybe a bit of money or free time. How can I help? And that's it. And that's you're already going to be doing a world of difference. And it's okay to embrace the idea that, like, we have to do something. But you know what? You're going to feel much better when you feel like you're an active participant than someone who's just sort of like passively watching, freaked out and throwing money at a fire when Nancy Pelosi's spooky ass face shows up on a text message. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Trisha, truly a pleasure having you. Thank you once again for mm-hmm. your uh, research and wisdom. Where can people find you or uh, hear you? You have a podcast of your own, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, so I'm not on social media, but you can listen to more shows of this type on my podcast. It's called People Place Power, and it's wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. We will be right back to talk yeah. about toilets. happy pride from tomboy x celebrating pride and the queer community all year queer founded queer run and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear swimwear and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin tomboy x just dropped their pride 24 collection 
obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit tomboyx.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Cause Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And... Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees, no really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back. Also, it's so funny. Have we talked about the the fact that the phrase like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is like yeah, it's physically impossible? Yeah, it's a work yeah. of satire. Like somebody, yeah. it, it's a joke. But like America just turned it into like we do imp- we do the impossible. That's how <laughs> it's like a hundred and ten percent like being right. It's like, well, that's not that's not a thing, man. I but. can make gold from wood. National motto. It's like that's that's a fallacy and incorrect. I don't know where work ethic to. alchemy. That's that's our thing. <laughs> it's like, well, that's impossible. So you're a dipshit. We're a dipshit. Anyways, uh America has a toilet <laughs> problem. Kalamazoo, Michigan just decriminalized public urination, and the mainstream media lost their shit. 
This is, you know, according to them, this was purely done to ruin the lives of business owners and devalue property. (laughs) Kalamazoo business owners upset after decriminalization of public urination, defecation. And in 2017, uh, New York City cops gave cops the discretion to punish urinators with a civil summons instead of a criminal one, which, by the way, giving New York City cops discretion Discretion? Uh over anything is never... Never going to help, but uh, I'm sure this just led to rich white stockbrokers being able to pee wherever they want when they're drunk. And that's yeah. that's about it, because the cops aren't cutting a break for anyone else, uh, it turns out. But uh, what, what the, when they did that, immediately Tucker Carlson was like, this whole city smells like urine. All of a sudden, <laughs> the, the first time that New York had ever smelled like urine. <laughs> Apparently. But yeah, I mean, public urination shouldn't just be decriminalized. It should be legalized. These laws really only serve to punish the most vulnerable. According to one report, 20 to 30 percent of unhoused people have been cited or arrested for public urination. In 13 states, public urination is classified as a potential sex yeah. crime. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, you'd be a sex offender for public urination, which is right. Like- Wow. It's like, and imagine if you're unhoused and they're like, you're now a sex offender, which means you, you can't really be anywhere now. Right. Like with all of the, you know, the, the, the sort of boundaries that come with like places you can live near or whatever, be near. That's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But they're a way, these laws are a way of criminalizing homelessness, essentially. In Skid Row in LA, there are 15,000 people and just five public toilets. Oh my God. So that's one public toilet for every 3000 people. So it, like not having public urination, you know, as a criminal act is essentially a form of entrapment because it's like physically impossible that you won't go to the bathroom there. There's also some stories in Piedmont, Oklahoma, a cop gave a $2,500 ticket for public urination to a three-year-old. And in Ferguson, Missouri, which you might remember them the the Ferguson Police Department. Well, in Ferguson, a family let their two-year-old and four-year-old pee in a bush, uh, something I've done near constantly as a parent, just because kids constantly have to go to the bathroom like mm-hmm. at the most inconvenient times. It's like they have a sense for what is the most inconvenient time, and that's when they will have to go to the bathroom like horribly badly. But a cop came by and arrested the dad for child neglect he was held for nine hours and felt, uh, found guilty by a judge. The couple understandably later sued the city, but you'll, you'll never guess that the family were black. Mm-hmm. So shocking. Mm, mm-hmm. But so one, one solution is there just absolutely needs to be way more public toilets available. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that how you solve a problem? <laughs> Like, well, not in the United States. No, that's in true. In the United States, true. they're like, well... How do we make this Let worse? the market solve it. <laughs> let the right. free market solve the toilet Straight crisis. Up, that's, that's what they did. Like, the Starbucks announced that they would open their washrooms to everyone in 2018. And people are like, see, the market working. They know it's a good publicity thing. Because Starbucks are everywhere. Right. That except, people need to pee. Except <laughs> Howard Schultz recently came out, you know, now that he's... You he's know, back. probably now that he's like probably turning right. I mean, he's like union oh, busting yeah. and has been was criticized during his presidential run for, as a Democrat. So I'm sure he's basically a fascist at this point. 
so he then recently announced that they will actually soon limit access to customers only, which amounted to a loss of critical infrastructure for the broader public in the United States. Like, so right. a, a company changes a store policy and it radically fucks over the country. That's the, that's the United States. But this, yeah. this feels to me again, like putting, like dumping a bunch of, of, labor on service workers who aren't being paid a living yeah. wage oh, anyway that mm-hmm. you, now you yeah. have to police the toilets like yes i think that was the fundamental problem with the mask mandates was that you were you're literally asking service workers to enforce and get a state a state regulation like, like yeah. policy law something something right it's like you don't yeah and like your life being threatened like that's it's not worth that it's not it's not i've always found that that. people who don't want to wear a mask in public seem to be very reasonable and just like easy to talk (laughs) to and like hear want to hear you out that is i feel like people not like refusing to wear a mask when it's appropriate or required is like the domestic violence of like gun owner of like mass shootings it's just like oh those 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 are the people who are going to flip out and try and fight you in this subway or wherever you are Thanks for bringing it back to Subway. Yeah. Can I just throw in really quickly, historically, that cities were cities were adding lots of public toilets until desegregation, and then they started closing them down. Huh. Mm. Huh. Wow. Uh Interesting. Fascinating. The the hand of white supremacy is always always always. Always. Why we don't have enough toilets because white people. Yeah. Wow. Countries like Iceland have around fifty-six toilets per one hundred thousand people. The U.S. has Eight, yeah, because people I mean, don't have to pee, right? <laughs> exactly. Hey, piss in your bootstraps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We we have stronger willpower, so we're able to just hold it longer than people in Iceland. But yeah, it's straight up. It's white supremacy and racism. Like that's and it, yeah. yeah. It's and it doesn't even again like everything when there's a problem they don't fucking actually address it. People mm-hmm. are pissing everywhere. What's the problem? Because there's not enough toilets. What's the yeah. solution? Fucking make them sex offenders. What? Wait, no. I'm sorry. Did you did you skip a step there? Nope. That's straight nope. up what we're doing. That's how you stop them. Like California sitting on a record breaking surplus uh, of you know taxpayer Tax money, yeah. money, and rather than like spending that on building public toilets, they instead. You brag about having a surplus and uh, it works. First of all, the media is like, holy shit, Newsom, he, we should make him president. He has a surplus. And then also it's austerity. It's austerity. And yeah. That's and then like start freaking out about San Francisco having like poop on the street. Like that's that's how people you look respond. at a place like in London. Right. I was just there. They got they have public urinals fucking everywhere because they're like, man, too many people leave the pubs and shit or whatever, and they just piss all over the street. Yeah. Their solution was, well, then put up some fucking urinals that people can use and, like, more toilets for people, and then you're spending less time cleaning up piss in the streets and giving up a person to use the fucking bathroom. But London has some experience there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, they used to use the streets as the sewers, so they would yeah. know. They've evolved. You know, right. they've come around. Like, how do we idea. solve this? Everyone used to use it as the sewers, though. To be well, fair. that was I like the 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 like Spanish colonizers when they first came to like South America. They were like, "What the fuck is this? Your streets are clean." 
Yeah. yeah. Right. Where do yeah, I yeah. go pee? It is definitely a <laughs> European settler, European colonizer movement of, yeah, we just kind of shit everywhere. Right. But we yeah, also we put you in jail for it. it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We put you well, in jail you for it, not us, though. That's <laughs> yeah, our precisely. right. That's our divine right as colonizers. Now, show me the late, the closest place I can defecate on something sacred. So just uh, to kind of close the loop on this, the U.S. government and, you know, various like local organizations have pointed to the high costs for installing public toilets. But in fact, you actually mm-hmm. save money by investing in restrooms because exactly. you wind up spending millions cleaning up all the pee and poop around your city. And Never according- mind like public health. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> According to the World Bank, every dollar spent on urban sanitation brings a return of $2.50 to the economy through reduction in medical costs and increased productivity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Reduction in medical costs? I'm sorry. That's That's not what happened here, fam. Not profitable. If anything, I need to increase (laughs) the medical costs so I can keep my pockets fat, okay? Like, what the fuck? And uh, I can, well, because the, like, that's. People pooping on land that I'm not going to because I'm going to my country club where the, right. the people there are who enough toilets. have to poop and pee everywhere are not allowed in. So, you know, the, it's just the public parks that get shit on and peed on and make people sick. And it's not it's not my country club, though. Anyways, right, piss on your local country club. Yeah. Let, let's start start the movement. Start mm-hmm. start reaching out. Just being like, hey. Golf clubs, golf courses shouldn't exist, right? And see, see what what kind of response you get. I bet, I bet there's more people who agree Violence. with you than you think. <laughs> All right, Tori, truly a pleasure as always having you. Tori, yes. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Yeah, thank you so much. I always love chatting with y'all. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Tori Glass and Instagram sometimes at Tori Glass. I have a podcast called White Homework. Where we talk about anti-racism and like practical actionable things that you can do around the issue of racism because so frequently people are like what do i do so that's what that is and then i have another podcast called go home bible you're drunk and i just talk about my religious trauma and how fucking weird the bible is (laughs) and drink about it and it's great so uh yeah you can check that out too amazing and is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying I, I love the work of social media. That like brings me so much hey, joy. I feel like there's a lot of art being done on social media. Oh, truly, truly yeah, culture shaping in every way, <laughs> in every way. Yeah, no, my my favorite tweet of the last week was British people struggling in this heat wave. Stay strong. Your ancestors colonized entire countries in this heat. Oh, yeah. I love that <laughs> one, too. From us. Classic. You, got you can do it. You can do it. You're strong. Go. I like how. I like how that's how like like anti-colonial anger is like manifesting in the 21st century. Like, yeah, motherfucker, global warming, that's on you. Like, peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Face losers. Oh, uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. If you like basketball, check out Miles and Jack Hot Matt Boosties. If you want to hear me rant and rave about my favorite trash reality show, 90 Day Fiance, then check out 420 Day Fiance. Um, let's see, a couple tweets that I like from uh, at Kate Kitchen. 
uh, tweeted, people who forget to eat are amazing to me. I miss one meal and I'm burning bridges with immediate family members. I miss two. That's organ failure. Total body and mind <laughs> shut down by the end of one calendar day. <laughs> and I think about the times I've done that. And I'm like, I'm like, that's what it is because I've been duped into just working or whatever the fuck is going on. And then also at Aloha Cats with two S's. I know a lot of people have posted like about pets, like where they say, if you're hot, they're hot, bring them inside. Uh, and it was a, the same construction we've seen on a few viral tweets. It says, if you're hot, they're hot, bring them inside. And the picture is like of someone's like view into their backyard. And it's an Ewok trying to come in. Being like, <laughs> and I just love the idea of like, hey, man, bring your That's Ewoks so in. Bring your Ewoks in. That's funny. Before you find out, my favorite tweets are where to fo- uh, follow me. First of all, Matt Boosty is really fun. Even if you're not into the NBA, uh, if you just want to hear Miles and I having a real good time, it's like yeah. it's like a load is lifted off our shoulders, and we really we really have a we have a nice laugh. We're having yeah. a laugh, having a laugh, and get to just focus on one thing that brings us joy. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, go like or go review it and uh, tell a <laughs> friend it. about it. Uh, put it on your Uber driver's phone or whatever the fuck. I don't know. We never told people to do this for like two years, and then I was listening to a podcast I like, and they were like really hitting people up to do that. And I was like, man, we've we've had a great couple of years. We got a lot of y'all, y'all have done a great job. Uh, we're, you know, ha- had seen great growth, and we really appreciate that. But yes. maybe, maybe Zeit Gang could grow even more if you guys were liking and liking i don't know why i keep saying liking subscribing you or writing a review that's your old youtube habits dude yeah like and subscribe yeah anyways you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien todd dillard tweeted i don't know who needs to hear this but living your life to the fullest does not have to involve hiking <laughs> wrong <laughs> <laughs> I I like to hike, but it it does seem like those two have become synonymous. You know what it is? My nervous system disagrees with your lived experience, sir. Yeah. The t- the I think the problem is people go on bunk ass hikes. You mm. got to the payoff is to get somewhere and and behold a sight that yeah. makes you feel inconsequential. You admire the beauty of nature cuz See, in L.A., it's like, I'm not fucking walking up Runyon. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not fucking hiking up to the Griff, yeah. Griffith Observatory. Like, take me to Mount Baldy or some shit. Like, give me some shit to see. I went on a bike, a bunk hike, where the only thing I saw was a bunch of brown land and then golf courses. And I was pissed. Right. But it was useful for me. But I'm just saying it doesn't have to. You can do other things besides that. Go for a swim. Go for a dip yeah. in your public pool. Or at the golf course. Yeah, yeah or in the in the pond at the golf course. <laughs> yeah. The water or, trap know, at the golf ex- course, as they call or, it. They yeah. don't even appreciate their own damn ponds. They call them water traps. Fuck you, golf courses. I mean, I think, yeah. Or you find the water main at the golf course and find, like, the get yourself, like, a, you know, I think, what, nine-inch maybe PVC elbow. Open that yeah. thing up, and then you've turned <laughs> nice. it into a water park. Love it. <laughs> uh, I think I think we can't officially endorse that, but mm, fair, allegedly, fair. allegedly, 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 have a Bronx summer at your golf course's <laughs> water main. Manuel Dexter Eddie tweeted, "Do you think Winona Ryder quit shoplifting or just got really good at it?" Which is it's a thinker, <laughs> but 
And then House of Decline <laughs> wrote, getting fucked in the ass. And he's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, I liked that. House H A U S of decline, like a uh, Bauhaus. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnote. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Okay, so I want to go out on this track, this band I just heard called Death. And they are a punk, a black punk band who came out of East Detroit. And like they predate the Ramones. Like people call them like proto-punk. They they Mm. couldn't get, they didn't get a record deal because they were so kind of like about the music that this album they recorded was like like in obscurity for many years and it's just coming back around like a lot of music nerds dude this band death is fucking like amazing and if you like punk like any got like the ramones and shit you have to listen to this shit this is from the album death for the whole world to see and it's it's like it's now widely available on streaming but this track is called rock and roll victim and it's just dope. Like, just to know that this is like was recorded in like 1974, 75, and this is the sound that they're bringing. It's it like it massively warms my heart, but at the same time, you're like, damn, how much other art just gets lost in the fucking waves of like mass Basically. media and shit like that yeah. that we don't know about it. So this is death with rock and roll victim. All right, well, go listen to that. It will be linked in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. 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 Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.